This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Hello, welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DiPolo, the senior editor at BreastCancer.org. We're down here in San Antonio at the 2016 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. My guest is Dr. Terry Mominus. He's director of the Comprehensive Breast Program at the University of Florida Health Cancer Center. Uh, there were three studies presented today that looked at extending treatment with an aromatase inhibitor past five years for women who've been diagnosed with early stage hormone receptor positive cancer. And the results seem to suggest that this might be a good thing, but only for a certain group of women. So Dr. Mominas, who are these women and what are the benefits? So because of the uh, studies showing that extended adjuvant therapy with an aromatase inhibitor results in a small but potentially important benefit. But on the other side, it may have some also significant side effects. Um, we need to be very careful in terms of who we select to extend therapy. So there's uh, two things that, two major things that we'll, we'll look. One is the benefit from treatment, and the other one is the potential for uh, significant side effects. Now, when we assess the benefits for treatment, obviously we like to select patients that are higher risk. Those are usually patients that have uh, not positive disease, multiple positive nodes potentially, or large tumors, high grade. Those patients that are, are deemed from the beginning that there will be a high risk of recurrence. And what the studies have shown that even if you're at high risk from the beginning, if after you reach five years, you're still at significantly higher risk than the average person of, of recurrence. So the higher the risk of recurrence, obviously the more the benefit will be uh, from extending therapy. Now, uh, Another important part of the benefit may be also the age of the patient, because although all of these were postmenopausal women, yeah, women under 60 in our study, the B42 trial, seem to have significantly, uh, you know, better uh, outcome than women, um, you know, over 60. And part of this may be the fact that part of our benefit is also the reduction in opposite breast cancer. And obviously, the younger you are, and the longer you have to uh, life expectancy you have the higher the potential benefit from contralateral breast cancer. So we'll look at some of these characteristics, including also some potential genomic classifiers that actually predict the risk of late recurrence. So uh, all this could be assessed to come up with essentially sort of the composite risk of, of patients, and then balance this for the potential for side effects. Now, what are those? Those, of course, are the potential for osteoporosis and, and uh, osteoporosis-related fractures. So if your bone mineral density is low, probably not the best candidate. Obviously, you can give a bisphosphonate and, and improve bone density, but sometimes this becomes still an issue. Um, so um, being at risk for osteoporosis is an important endpoint. Being older is also a significant uh, predictor of other uh, malignancies, also other comorbidities. Uh, and if a patient has already comorbidities at the time of, of uh, enrolling or considering the, the extension of therapy, this needs to be taken uh, into account. Uh, so, again, uh, osteoporosis-related factor, comorbidities, also how the patient tolerated uh, the first five years of an aromatase inhibitor. If they're really struggling with it and they can wait till they get off, they're probably not a very good candidate unless they have very significant risk. So there's no magic formula, uh, as, at least as of now, how to do that. Hopefully in the future we can refine this model, uh, maybe even with a statistical model where we can just put all these factors together and come up with a decision or at least present to the patient what will be the benefit and what will be the risk of, of extending versus stopping. And I know one of the common comments this morning was that it seemed to work better 
in women who had five years of tamoxifen or combination therapy with tamoxifen and an aromatase inhibitor and then extending the AI. Is there a reason for that? Well, I think that was known from before because we had already done studies back in the 90s where we gave five years of tamoxifen and then if the women were or became postmenopausal during that time, we then randomized them to five years of letrozole or examestin or one of the other, or anastrozole versus five years of placebo. And in these studies, clearly we, sh we showed that there is significant benefit from a switching from, an, from a tamoxifen to an aromatase inhibitor. But what became more evident now was what do you do after you start with an aromatase inhibitor? Now, some of these patients, as you said, had already some tamoxifen, maybe some aromatase inhibitor, and then were randomized to extended versus not. And it appeared that those that had some tamoxifen seemed to do better, maybe benefiting more from the aromatase inhibitor. There are some potential biological uh, uh, implications of this. Uh, some studies have shown that the aromatase inhibitors may induce uh, uh, mutations in the estrogen receptor, where tamoxifen does not. So maybe treating for a while with tamoxifen, the tumor may still be sort of prime for endocrine sensitivity, and then they respond better to the aromatase inhibitor. Obviously, this to be a, need to, needs to be explored in additional studies. But, but clearly, there are a lot of uh, maybe potential biological implications of this observation, if it holds true. I want to ask you about compliance. Um, in the studies, it sounded like there was about 60% compliance for the women who were taking an additional five years of aromatase, or 2.5 to, 2 to five years of an aromatase inhibitor. Um, other anecdotal evidence would suggest that's not what happens in the real world. A lot of people stop taking aromatase inhibitors because of side effects, because they just don't want to take a pill every day. Um, how do we... What would you say to doctors as far as convincing women of the benefits of taking an aromatase inhibitor for another two and a half to five years? Right. I think that's an important question. I was actually uh, sort of surprised how similar the compliance rates were in the three studies that were presented today, around 60%. It was like the magic number today. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but clearly, this is within a trial where we coach the patients, where we send them questionnaires, where you're taking your pills, you see the, the, the research nurse, you talk to the research nurse, so you have a lot of support to continue, and yet about 40% of the patients went off. So, uh, but interestingly, in our study and in other studies too, side effects were not necessarily always the major reason when people get off the medications, either they, it was patient preference or they got tired of it. So I think we have a good opportunity to continue to educate the patients about the potential benefits from the treatment. And if they don't have significant side effects, or if they do have some, to potentially address those side effects so they can, we can improve their compliance. But don't let them necessarily get off the treatment just because they don't appreciate what the treatment does for them. So I think we need to clearly educate and coach our patients uh, to for the potential benefits, what you hope to get out. And what at that point, of course, becomes a burden, then obviously you can stop. But if it's not a burden, don't stop because you say, well, you know, I had five years, you know, I'm okay, even if we potentially have high risk. So you have to educate your patients, what is their baseline risk, what should they expect? And on the opposite side of things, if they have very low risk, then you can just say, you know, maybe you're the one who should stop because maybe your benefit is not outweighed your risk from the treatment. So education is clearly very important and support to the patients. And is that how you're going to talk to your patients about it? Absolutely. I will, I mean, and that's, that's the sort of the, in my mind, how I'm going to approach it Monday morning. You know, if I see another patient who comes to around five years and I already have in the last few weeks, so knowing this data, 
I have a very uh, you know in-depth discussion with the patient, looking at all their factors, and and uh, counsel them about what to do. And ultimately, it's their decision. But then certainly, I would give them my recommendation what I think they should do, and they can always take it or not. Uh, but sometimes they will usually agree, you know, with the recommendation, particularly if they don't have significant side effects. So it sounds like this is sort of another twist on personalized medicine. This is going to be a very personalized situation for women making this decision whether to extend or not. Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, everything we do in medicine, and the more success we have, the more patients we overtreat. If you continue to improve survival, and you from you know 20% death rate to 10% death rate to 5% death rate, every time you introduce a new modality, you you, you benefit in less and less patients. So the, the key is to try to identify who is at risk and who is at uh, potentially even at higher benefit. And some of these genomic classifiers have been shown to potentially predict benefit from endocrine therapy. So it may not necessarily matter how much risk you have, but if you're not benefiting from the treatment, then you don't need it. So that's what we're going to be exploring in the next uh, few years. Thank you very much.